I'd like for you to take your Bibles and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1. One of the things that I enjoy during this time of the year is hearing the Christmas songs. And um, a song such as this, Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire, Jack Frost Nipping at Your Nose. Immediately you know when you hear that song and others like that, that we're in the Christmas season. It's a time of anticipation. It's a time that of expectation. I know that when I was a child, that uh, my question that was upon my lips was, Will Christmas, won't Christmas ever get here? Now, since I become an adult, I say, you mean it's Christmas again? <laughs> it just seems like uh, that the older you get, the more that it comes around quite often. And uh, there's that expectation. Well, you can imagine the expectation some 2,000 years ago. Well, the prophets of old had been prophesying that there was going to become a Messiah. And this Messiah was going to come and he was going to become a king. The king of kings. And he was going to rescue the Jewish nation and those that would follow him. And I can almost imagine that uh, almost every Jewish woman's child had heard that story over and over and over and over again. And they probably were saying, I wonder if this is the year that he might come. Or this is the month that he might come. Or I wonder if today is the day that he might come. And oh, it seemed like there was that, that spirit of anticipation, that spirit of, of waiting and wanting and seeing of what was about to take place. Well, it seemed like for hundreds of years that that, that promise had been going out, but it seemed like that it wasn't coming to pass. And then all of a sudden, as we find in our story today, the angel Gabriel comes and he announces not one but two births, the birth of John the Baptist and the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. So with your Bibles, let's look at this. Great, interesting story as we look at this particular episode. Would you stand with me in reading God's holy word? We're starting verse 5, chapter 1 of the Gospel of Luke. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias's, of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous, 
before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. Now, did you get those two two words? That they were righteous and they were blameless. These were not only good people, they were great in the eyes of the Lord as well as in the eyes of their neighbors. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of this division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. I don't know about you, but uh, if an angel would have appeared to me, I would have been afraid. And the Bible says that's exactly what happened here. It says, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. Who would blame him? I mean, you know, you're in there going about your priestly duties, burning incense, and all of a sudden, here comes an angel, and he begins talking with you. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit. Think about this. This was before the day of Pentecost. And here... At the womb of Elizabeth, there's going to come a child by the name of John, which we know him as John the Baptist. And the Bible says he will never know a day without the Spirit of God being upon him. Wow. Can you imagine? And the Bible says, and he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. You stop and you think about Elijah. He's the one that prayed fire down out of heaven. And here is a guy that's going to come and he's going to be in the same type of spirit with the same type of power as Elijah. And he says to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias has said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am old, and my wife is well advanced in years. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel. 
who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things takes place. Because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he had beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was as soon as the days of his service were completed that he departed to his own house. Now after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people. Now here again, Gabriel appears. Look what it says. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when he saw him, oh, but when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greetings this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. Well, we'll stop right there, but we'll look on just a few moments later. Father, in Jesus' name, what an exciting day that must have been when Zacharias was there in the temple. And there, angel Gabriel come and spoke to him and said that he and Elizabeth was going to have a child, a forerunner of the Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist. And then that same Gabriel coming to that little little teenage girl, Mary, one that who knew no man, but that she was going to have the Son of God, and that she would give birth to him, What a blessing and what an opportunity. Father, we pray that today that you will help us as we study these scriptures that we'll grow closer to you. Fill us with your spirit. Anoint us with your power. Use us for your glory. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to share with you three simple little truths. I want you to notice that Zacharias and Elizabeth were common people just like you would be. The Bible says that they were blameless. They were righteous. 
They were holy people. When they walked down the streets, people would look at them and say, you know, there's something special about this couple. But all as you go back and you remember that they were on up into some age and they had prayed for years and years and years to have a child. But notice what the scripture says in Luke chapter 1. In verse 5, it says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Had you been reading that verse of Scripture 2,000 years ago, that verse of Scripture would really, would frighten you. The days of Herod. When it spoke of the days of Herod, that would almost been like in the 1940s, there in Germany, and someone would say, and in the days of Adolf Hitler. Or like in the 1950s, if you were in Russia, you would hear someone say, and in the days of Joseph Stalin. Just the mentioning of those names would bring fear and anxiety into your heart. And the Bible says, and in the days of Herod. Herod was a king. He was appointed by the Roman Caesar over that region of Jerusalem and Israel. And there you began to find Israel had been under that constant, constant domain for over 400 years. Over 400 years they had experience this domain. But, oh, not only that, but it seems as if God had not spoken for 400 years. There had been no miracles within the last 400 years. There had been no prophets that had began to preach and prophesy like they had once before. Angels had quit showing up. Why? The glory days of David and Solomon was a thing of the past. But it seems like God had become silent. And so the first thing I want you to notice about Zacharias, keep waiting, God is moving. Have you ever felt that way? Sometimes it seems that you're expecting God to do something And yet it seems like that it seems like it never comes about. Here in this passage of scripture, you'll find this precious, precious couple. Zacharias and Elizabeth. And it says they were both righteous before God, walking all the commandments, walking in all the commandments and in the ordinances of the Lord blameless. Unlike many of their friends, they still believed in God. Unlike many of their friends, they didn't believe that God was dead. 
But in that particular time, there were a lot of people said, God has forgotten his promise. And God is not fulfilling his promise. But not so with Zacharias and Elizabeth. You see Zacharias continuing, fulfilling his work as a priest. Fulfilling what God was doing in his life. Look what the Bible says in verse 7. The Bible said that they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. There was one blot, one blemish against Zacharias and Elizabeth. They were on up in some years and yet they had no child. Now it wasn't that they had not prayed for a child. In the Greek context, it would give you the idea that Zacharias and Elizabeth was probably in their 90s. And if they had gotten married like most Jewish couples would, they would probably have gotten married in their teens. So for 70 plus years, they had been praying and praying and praying and praying. That God would send them a child. And then all of a sudden, in their older years, we began to find Zacharias there in the temple. And here comes the angel Gabriel. And there he begins to share with him that they're going to have a child. And this child was by the name of, going to be by the name of John, Zacharias. And so, my friend, keep waiting because God is moving. My friend, I think about the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that within a twinkling of an eye, he could come. The Bible reminds us and gives us the promise that he is going to prepare a place for us. And if he's going to prepare a place for us, he will come again and receive us again. And my friend, I want you to understand, wouldn't it be a great time of the year during the Christmas season that Christ would come and appear before us today? Just because he hasn't come, my friend, doesn't mean he's late. Because God has never late. God is always on time, just like he was with Zechariah and his dear wife, Elizabeth. They had been waiting, not only for a child, but they had been waiting for the Messiah. And that, oh, I'm so grateful that, that Zechariah, he's still serving, is he not? He's not like a lot of preachers. A lot of preachers, if, if God hadn't fulfilled what they had asked, they'd quit and run. But not Zechariah. Did you realize over 1,700 preachers quit every year of the ministry? But not Zechariah. Even in his 90s. Even though that that child has not been born, even though the Messiah has not come, he is still waiting and he is still realizing 
God is moving. But there's a second thing I want you to see. Not only that you should keep waiting, God is moving. You keep working because God is listening. You keep working because God is listening. Elizabeth and Zechariah had been praying for a long, long time. A long time. In the vicinity of 60 to 70 years, as I said earlier. And even though they prayed, it seemed as if that heaven's was as of brass and that their prayers weren't getting no further than the rooftop. Have you ever felt that way? You pray and you pray and you pray. But oh, listen to what Luke chapter 1 verse 13 says. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. I want to remind you, my friend, There's not a prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that God doesn't hear. He hears your prayer. Now, He may answer your prayer in a different way than you think that it should be. Sometimes He may say, yes, no, or wait. But I want you to understand, He does pray. For seven decades, these people had been praying And it seemed like heaven was covered with a steel curtain and they could not get through. But notice what the Bible says in verse 13 and following. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. God did not just answer their prayer. He did more than than just answering their prayer. God was not only just giving them a child, but he was going to give them a special child. John the Baptist, the forerunner. Well, how do you think Zacharias responded? (laughs) How would you have responded if you were 90 years old and the angel comes and says that you and your wife are going to have a baby? you would have probably responded a lot like Zacharias did. Zacharias, the Bible says he did not believe him. But I listen to Zacharias. He, he was a righteous man, but he wasn't very smart. I want, you, I want you to notice. It says, Zacharias said to the angel, How shall I know this? 
For I am, old, I am an old man, and my wife is well advanced in years. <laughs> you know what Elijah, I mean, uh, Zacharias was saying? I'm up to it, but I don't know about my wife is. <laughs> like I said, he was a righteous man, but he wasn't too smart. <laughs> you have to be extremely careful when you start talking about your wife. You need to be as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove when you begin talking about your wife or talking to your wife. I heard. (laughs) You got that, didn't you? Heard about this uh, guy. It was after the Christmas season and you know how the Christmas season is. You go to all these parties and you uh, eat all these food, all this food and everything. And he uh, was in the room and his wife had bought a brand new dress. And he uh, was looking at the dress and she said, honey, she said, uh, do I look fat in this dress? He stopped for a moment. And he said, you see this shirt? Do I look stupid in this shirt? (laughs) A pretty good answer. There's no right answer. My friend, the principle is you better, it's better to live lying than die telling the truth sometimes. (laughs) But Zacharias has a point, though. You think about it. He and Elizabeth, 90 years old. And thinking about his uh, wife, he says, uh, you know, why in her yearbook, Moses was in it. I mean, you know, she, she's an old woman. How in the world can this ever happen that we're going to have a child? So remind me about this monk. He went to this monastery and uh, had to uh, make a vow that he would be silent. And so he went to this monastery and the first year went by. He didn't say a word. The second year he went by. Third year, fourth year, the fifth year. In the fifth year, they said, we're going to give you two words that you can say. And the monk says, bed hard. So they go to the second portion of that time in the sixth year, seventh year, eighth year, ninth year, the tenth year. Didn't say a word. They said, we're going to give you two words that you can say celebrating your 10th anniversary. What is it? Food cold. So this went on for another five years. The 11th year, the 12th year, the 13th year, the 14th year, the 15th year. And they said, we're going to let you speak your mind at this time. I want to go home. Monk said, the head monk says, we've been talking, says, ever since you've been here, all you've done is complain. (laughs) 
But think about it. There for six solid months, Zacharias could not speak. He came out of that that temple and he could not speak because of his lack of faith. But he kept working. He kept listening. He kept doing what God told him to do. And God told him that there was going to be a great blessing that was going to come into his life. See, God doesn't always do what we tell, that we tell him to do. Sometimes God does things different than what we seem to ask or seem to think. And just because he does it different doesn't mean he doesn't answer and hear our prayers. But there's a third thing I want you to see. Not only keep waiting, God is moving. Keep working, God is listening. But thirdly, keep watching, God is coming. Keep watching, God is coming. The story kind of moves right there in the middle of the story to a little girl, a young teenage girl. It moves away from Zechariah and Elizabeth. They're going to have a child. Now, one of their kinfolk, Mary, a little teenage girl, a peasant, one that is from a nobody family, from a no-town type of town, and the angel shows up again, Gabriel shows up again. I would like to have Gabriel's frequent flyers, Miles. I mean, it seemed like he was constantly flying back and forth, back and forth. And now notice what he does. Listen to what he says in verse 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign, listen to this, he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Think about this. Physically, physically, I'll get it right in a minute that it was almost impossible for her to have a child. I mean, you stop and you think about it. Here is a young girl, and yet she's never been with a man. And the Bible tells us that an angel tells her she's going to have a child. Now, how do you explain that? I'll tell you how you explain it. Look down with me in uh, verse 37. This 
explains it all. For nothing will be impossible with God. Isn't that something? For nothing is impossible with God. God can take a virgin if he wants to, and he can create that woman to become the palace of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Think about it. If God can create a man without a mother and father and breathe into the nostrils of that man and make him a human soul, tell me how he cannot create this one to have the, to be the son of the living God. Can you imagine? Great, two great announcements. That keep watching. God is coming. And my friend, as I think about our world today, how easy it is to overlook the promises of the Lord. How easy it is to forget. How easy it is to think God might be dead. He says he's coming again, but where is he? Well, my friend, you keep watching because God is coming. Just like he did in the life of Mary and just like he will in your life and in my life as well. Oh, even so, as John said, come Lord Jesus. I pray to God. And and you know what? I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say this. I just have a feeling it's going to be during my time that Jesus is coming back again. And can you imagine that great getting up morning that when Jesus returns and that as he returns, he says, come hither. And there we are up, up, up into the sky. And they're changed in a moment and in the twinkling of an eye to live and to reign with him forever and ever and ever. What a promise. During this Christmas season, I want you to understand, as you look about the prophecy of old, time was no limit when it came to the promises of God. That God fulfilled every promise that He had ever given. And so the promise that He's coming again is going to be fulfilled again. Let me ask you a question. If He was to come back today, Would you be in that number? Would you be ready? Boy, I hope you are. Because, my friend, be one of the greatest experiences that we could ever possibly dream of. Up, 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 and away with the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that something? I think he deserves a hand on that. All right. All right. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, what a joy. What a joy to know that as we're watching, you're coming. And Lord, just like you did in the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth bringing that child 
John the Baptist a miracle in itself, just like you did with Mary. And there is Mary who knew no man, and yet she was going to have the Lord Jesus Christ as her baby. Oh, we rejoice in that fact. Just as you fulfill that promise, you are fulfilling the promise of your second coming. You will not come to live in a manger, but you'll come to reign upon a throne. And all we will reign with you and we rejoice that we have that opportunity. Lord, there may be someone here today that if you would come back, they would be left behind. What a tragedy. How that would break our hearts to know there would be someone under the sound of my voice that would be left behind. I pray that today that your word will certainly penetrate every heart and your spirit will convict every soul and that there would be Not one could not say, I'm waiting for the Lord Jesus Christ. Even so, come, come today. In Jesus we pray.